Do you want to be inspired by other brilliant business owners? Find out how and why they set their brilliant businesses up. Discover some of the triumphs and struggles they face along the way. If so, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Brilliant Businesses Podcast. We interview business owners to find out their story and journey as to how they set their businesses up. We believe that story is an important way of making their businesses shine, and we share those stories on this podcast. Keep building those brilliant businesses. Hello and welcome to our very first Brilliant Businesses of Brighton podcast. I'm Matt Freeman and the mission of our podcast is to get the, the story of these brilliant businesses we have in Brighton out there. Um, today I'm joined by Simeon Gunn mm-hmm. from Soulstirrer. Indeed. Great to have you on, Simeon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, it's our first one, so let's just get going. Let's start. <laughs> so Simeon, yeah. tell me your story. Okay, well, so um, I'm Simeon, obviously. Um, I run and direct a company called Soulstirrer, which is a mobile cocktail bar company. Um, we've been going as Soulstirrer for about a year and a half. Um, as a sort of previous business, Drinks Abode, we've been going for roughly about eight years. Um, yeah, essentially making, doing cocktail masterclasses, cocktail drinks receptions to Anything from sort of garden parties, birthdays, all the way to um, big businesses like Monster Energy, uh, Boston Consulting Group, people like that. Brilliant. And um, how did you get into that, Simeon? What's your journey personally up until that point? Oh, God. Um, so I'm a bit, of a, a bit of a hospitality nut. So I sort of cut my teeth um, as an 18-year-old bar manager at a place called Rock and Roller. Um, it's, what's it now? Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. Yeah, yeah that yeah. used to be uh, a pool hall called Rock and Roller. So I became bar manager there at 18, um, sort of thrown in at the deep end, as it were. Um, and then the journey from there into now is basically um, managing restaurants and bars all over Brighton, Grand Hotel, Murmur, uh, Hilton Hotel, um, to name a few. Um, and it was actually um, one of my friends. Uh, he works at a place, um, I can't even remember what it's called now. Shaw Group, which is a recruitment company on Portland Road. So they, they asked, oh, do you want to come? Because they've got like a bar set up, yeah. drinks, fridge and all of that stuff, which generally people have at the moment. So that's something that you can look into maybe. Definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, uh, they, they asked if I could come and make cocktails for them. Went and made cocktails for, made cocktails for them one night, uh, sort of looked into it as a business, um, basically saved up, got my bar, um, which is like a mobile, mobile bar, that sort of flat pack. And then just sort of grew the business from there, just uh, sort of friends and, and word of mouth first, a little bit of social posting, um, and then all the way to now where we've got um, an investor um, and, yeah, lots of, lots of big clients all over the country. Brilliant. So um, now, Simon, what is your type of client you work with now? What's your ideal client? So, well, it's sort of, it's sort of, um, uh, it's sort of done a 180, really, because we, we started... Um, I started um, teaching cocktail making to hen groups. So that's, that was my main business for about seven years, a uh, place on Preston Street. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I know. It was, I mean, if, if I see another sash or a sailor outfit, I might lose my mind. But no, super good fun. Um, and it taught me a lot about running events and running cocktail events and, and essentially half running, running a, an events business. Um, 
So we, we sort of went from there to garden parties, and now we're exclusively sort of London, uh, big corporate offices and things like that. Brilliant. Um, so, like, uh, for instance, we've got an event um, uh, for Butterfield Mortgages, which is like sort of central London, just by the Gherkin. So generally, it's me packing all my stuff up here, uh, driving to London, doing the event, driving back. Uh, so essentially, corporates in offices. That's, awesome. that's mainly, mainly what we're doing. And now I remember when we spoke before, that, um, and it sort of stuck with me in this story, you were telling me about, uh, not to name drop, but you did an event for Rolex, and you were telling me about when you um, did the drinks to look and imagine, you imagine them what they tasted, like a particular watch from Rolex. Oh, well, it was, that was actually Rolls-Royce. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Rolls-Royce. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. just high-end. Yeah, well, this, this is the really, uh, really bespoke thing about Solstera, which no one else does, because we, we obviously did a lot of research and... Um, there's a load of mobile cocktail companies out there. And the thing is with a mobile cocktail company, the barrier to entry is really low. So essentially all you really need is the alcohol in a bar and yeah. someone that knows what they're doing. Um, so there's loads out there, but we, we sort of, we put a different spin on it. So we thought, right, how can we differentiate ourselves in a, in a sat, already saturated market? So um, essentially all our events are now bespoke. Yeah. So for instance, Rolls-Royce will come to me and go, uh, we, we uh, were just about to do one with Aston Martin as well. Like, like, like this, is our, um, this is our car that we're trying to promote or whatever. Um, and um, how, can you brand the cocktails for us um, based on that? So the Rolls-Royce one, we like, uh, put like edible gold on it, uh, Goldschlager, which is like a gold cinnamon um, liqueur. Amazing. So like, like sort of high-end uh, high alcohols in there and stuff. So it, it's, it's quite a difficult one. Um, it's, it's quite a difficult one to do bespoke uh, for, for each company, but we, we managed to do it um, for literally all of our clients now, and that's how we differentiate ourselves. That's brilliant. So where do you start in trying to decide how to invent a drink for a particular brand? Uh, well, uh, look, it, it all starts, everything's based, I call ourselves, uh, we're mixologists of poor man chefs. We're chefs with a with a lot less uh, lot less uh, to care to to worry about, sorry, <laughs> and and uh, a load of tools. So essentially, your your cocktails are all based in the classics. So as long as you have, I mean, there's hundreds of classics, right? And I've worked in cocktail bars since I was 18, and I'm 32 now, so yeah. a long a long time. So once you've got that base in classics, you think, uh, well, you get from the client what sort of style of drink they want. Do they want a Negroni style? Do they want a Martini style? Um, that combined with what's popular, um, generally, because you're making drinks for anywhere between 20 and, well, we did one for Monster Energy for 450 the other day. Wow. Yeah, which was insane. Um, but yeah, so, so you sort of base it, you start in the classics and then sort of build on top of there. Um, sometimes people want uh, certain colors in their cocktail to, to match um, whatever, whatever their company colors are. Um, so you sort of go from the classics, um, input the colour, um, and then sort of flavour combinations if you can, um, based on their brand. And then the, the fun, the fun bit about it is sort of naming naming the cocktails. So you do something, I don't know, a pun or, or something something like that, yeah, or that's something great. that's some sort of alliteration's good. Um, so yeah, that's generally how we how we build cocktail menus. That's amazing because I've always thought the mixologists they're up there in the pecking order. Really, when you see somebody spinning the the cocktail shake around, catching it behind them in the bottles. It's like, you, sit, you can't help but sit there, a couple of drinks in, think, I wish I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, oh, God. Like that, that's, that, that's the thing with, um, with uh, when I did hem parties, it was like, like everyone wanted that job. But you want that job. Uh, well, what was I, 21 when I got that job? Well, no, 19. No, 
nine, between 19 and 21. Yeah. Um, and everyone wants that job until you're three years deep. Yeah. And you're teaching a mojito, a cosmopolitan and uh, a porn star martini every week, week in, week out yeah. for three years. Then it starts getting tedious. Yeah. Really I mean, good fun. But, um, but then there's, there's a difference between cocktail bartenders and flair bartenders. Yeah. And both of them have a bit of a tumultuous relationship. If, 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 um, because essentially a good cocktail bartender makes your drink efficiently in time. Yes. A flair bartender throws bottles for 10 minutes, then makes your drink. That is brilliant. So, see, yeah, I didn't realize the distinction in that. Yeah. So essentially, well, good cocktail bars or, or good events, they'll have a flair bartender and then they'll have an actual bartender. Yeah. Or you'll have a bartender that can flare, that does little bits when he's when he's doing it. But yeah, there's there's two sort of separate entities. If you want a decent drink in a timely fashion, yeah. you've got to go for more of a mixologist rather than a flare bartender. That's great insight. I did not know that. Yeah. So when you see someone throwing bottles, like credit to them, I can't uh, I can't do that, and it's not something that I particularly want to learn. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for for me, it's about making tasty cocktails in a timely fashion for for the masses because. Essentially, that's what—that's who's booking us for events. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so, um, what I was going to ask you next is what—I mean, that's a question that I've, I'm going to ask everybody when they come on the Brilliant Businesses podcast. Mm. Is like, what is the most rewarding thing for you about running your own business? <sighs> Client feedback. Yeah. Um, so, where—I uh, mean, every event I've done so far, and it's something that because I really, really care about every event that I do. Uh, I, I take the time to create the cocktail menus. I take the time to sort of uh, build a relationship with the client. Um, so seeing sort of from a sales call all the way to the actual delivery of the event um, and then being really happy with the product, that's really important to me. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, uh, reviews, um, job satisfaction all comes from me delivering a good event because I care. Yeah. Um, but also uh, that client feedback is really important to me as well. That's amazing. Yeah. And you get them, I suppose when it's your own business, you there's a level of ownership and accountability that goes with that, isn't it? Because the risk of getting it wrong is it hurts more. Yeah. Well, like I, I, say, I say to all the team all the time, that don't worry about the events. I've done events all my life. Um, I've, I've been face to face with people all my life. Like I, I, I know what I'm doing and I've got a formula for it. Um, but I think the main formula for me is you, you have to care. Like if you've got your own business, you have to care. You have to care deeply about the product that you're, maybe not even the product that you're serving, but the, 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 per, the, the fact that the person's put the, their hand in their pocket, giving you money, um, and yeah. you've got to deliver on that service. And for me, it's not even about delivering the service. It's going one step above. You know, you know like, a, where, I don't know, you, you unbox something and, and there's like, a, I don't know, a little, little note in there or, yeah. or something extra. The wow factor. Yeah, exactly. And it makes you, it, it makes you, uh, it makes you come back. Like we get so much repeat business from that. Yeah. Um, and it's not because like, I'm not doing it as a, as a sort of sales tactic. I'm just doing it cause I care. Um, and I think that's really important if you, if you have your own business. Yeah. I think that's true in, in anything really. So I've heard people say, you know, the second that you don't get butterflies in your stomach when you're going out onto a football pitch or, you know, going on stage exactly. or something like that, if that spark has gone, you must yeah. shut up shop. Oh man, like I can't tell you the amount of anxiety I have the day before an event. Because if you think, especially in my business, like I sort of, I was saying to the team the other day, I almost wish I'd started a business that didn't involve so much stuff. Yeah. Like if you forget, if you forget the spoons or you forget um, one of the stencils to go on top of the cocktail, you're like, that messes the whole event up. Yes, like, yeah. You, you, you have to sort of think on the spot then. And then you've got to think of like, 
all these alcohols and liqueurs that you've got to have. Then you've got to bring your bar and shakers and all of that stuff. Um, so you really have to, uh, well, I've got a spreadsheet that does all that now, which is really good. Yeah. Um, checklists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, but yeah, yeah, you really, you really have to, um, you, you really have to drill in. And that's why, like, I, I get so anxious before the events because I have to make sure everything's in place before, uh, before I go. But yeah, um, yeah, butterflies are very important. Yeah. I think, um, one thing in this business world at the moment is it's almost projected that you have to be like made of iron and, um, and you're just going to get things right all the time. And the truth is, is that, that the anxiety is normal. Like yeah. everybody feels it, don't they? You know, if, and if you didn't have it and you weren't worried about these things, it probably is an indication you don't care that much. Exactly. Well, do you know what I like? I, it, it may not be um, a popular opinion, but I hate the, the term entrepreneur Yeah. because the, the whole entrepreneur space is now saturated with these people like um, taking screenshots of their phone, waking up at 4.30 and no rest and no sleep and all of that stuff. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day i'm i'm a i'm a guy like that just started a business i'm i'm not i'm not anything special everyone everyone has the skills and the capabilities that i do and trust me like i've i've laid awake at night i've uh, i've wanted to quit i can't tell you how many times i wanted to quit yeah i've just wanted to call up the guys and go do you know what i'm just going to get a normal job because it's so unbelievably stressful yeah but at, at, at the end of the day like the, the whole way social media is going, no one, no one shows that side of them. No one shows the sort of vulnerable side of, like I said, those sleepless nights or the fact that you, uh, 10 minutes before an event, you haven't got 90% of the stuff prepped and you're stressing about it. Like that happens to me on a regular basis. And that's why I don't like the whole entrepreneur space. As no, it were. I think it leads into this, like a more of a extreme chaotic lifestyle when actually the reality is I think success is over the long term is built by consistency and that isn't sexy and that doesn't yeah. cl get clicks, does it? Yeah. I, I've got a, a phrase. I actually stole it from, um, uh, I don't know what it, what it's called now. It used to be called the MF CEO. There's a guy called Andy Frisella, um, like a, a massive on, well, entrepreneur in America and he's got like a supplement company and he talks about this uh, sort of concept of aggressive patience. So you've got to be really aggressive in your, um, uh, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, moving forwards. Um, however, you need to be really patient because like it's been, it's almost been 10 years and I've just gone full time two or three weeks ago. Yeah. So I had a job as a personal trainer as well. Um, and before that I had job, a job as a, a bar manager or a restaurant manager alongside running my business. Yeah. And it's taken me eight years to get to a point where I can sort of comfortably go i can go full time in this now that's amazing well that's a moment to pause and reflect and appreciate the fact that it's taken the time to do it and that you've now met that point you know you've achieved that you're now full time in it which is brilliant yeah isn't it? yeah i mean yeah it's it, it, it's it's been kind of a wild ride to be honest because i i didn't like I, you have these little milestones in your head right um and i said uh oh when i get an event over a thousand pounds that's going to be a massive milestone that happened uh when, when I go full-time in the business, uh, uh, that, that's a milestone that happened. And then uh, when I start getting big clients like Monster Energy, Joe Loves, like all these massive clients that I'm actually delivering events for, and they're saying that I'm better than anyone else that they've ever had in, in that sort of space, which is really gratifying, but yeah, also incredibly scary, uh, the responsibility that you've got for these massive corporations. Yeah, that's superb. Mm. So um, all this amazing growth then, all these things that have gone well and take a long, like aggressive patience, I like that. Mm. Um, what's next? Oh, God. So 
um, a, a very small insight into sort of why Soulstirer came about. So I was running a sort of exactly the same company, essentially, called Drinks Abode, um, uh, which uh, me, my friend helped me start, helped me build the website and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and like I said, I ran that for between sort of six, seven, well, probably six and a half years. Um, and uh, uh, as I was a personal trainer at the same time, I was tr obviously training people in the gym in sort of strength and conditioning gym. Shout out to Encore, strength and conditioning. <laughs> Maybe you can get him on there because uh, obviously he's a brand business Good as well. Make that, make that note. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, I, I was training this guy, Rob, um, who owns SoPro, which is, again, a, another Brighton company. Um, and I, we, we just, because uh, it's sort of small group training, so you don't really get the chance to get one-on-ones with people. And we ended up having a one-on-one. -on -one. There was no one else in the class. Um, and he talked to me about this sort of incubator he's got called Founders Hub, um, which invests in usually small, bright and like tech startups or even London tech startups. Um, that's where they're sort of, that's their MO. That's what they usually invest in. Um, and I said, oh, yeah, I've got this little business um, do you fancy having a chat? And the sort of rest is history because uh, as soon as he sat down and looked at the business model and um, how profitable events are and all of that stuff, he, he sort of jumped at the chance. Um, and I think we're just over a year, a year and two months um, into the sort of incubator program, which lasts three years. Brilliant. Um, and what's next for us? I know it was a long winded answer to your question, but I do remember um, uh, we we obviously want to get this. Um, we wanted to get me full time. Um, but when we get to sort of year two, we're going to start planning to open an actual fixed premises. Amazing. Um, Brilliant. Here in Brighton? Hopefully somewhere in Brighton. Yeah. Uh, Brighton's my love. I know Brighton, the Brighton market back to front. I've worked in every bar and every restaurant. I've got yeah. really good relationships with a lot of people. I know what Brighton needs cocktail bar-wise or even bar-wise. Um, so, yeah, my idea is to start in Brighton um, and then sort of branch out, um, hopefully to London somewhere, and then just have sites, hopefully, all over the country fingers crossed amazing and then we can sort of uh the the good thing is having a fixed location is obviously you can sort of work the mobile aspect out of that fixed location so if we have a london location we can do all the london events from there and all of that stuff so amazing well i know rob and he's going to make that happen um, yeah oh yeah simian i've got to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on um this is the first one and i've thoroughly enjoyed it excellent um, we'll Thank share you. all the simian's details and our details on the socials but um keep going simian Thank you Good very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Wonderful.